Welcome to episode 85 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to episode 85 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you go, mate? Good. It's going to be pretty exciting when we get to 100, isn't it? It is going to be pretty exciting. Mm. We're making a bit of a habit of spending late nights in Iron Man Talk studios, mm. aren't we? It's good times, though. <laughs> good, good times, times. in Iron Man Talk studios. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is a big, show week, uh, big week, this show. Oh, geez, I'm tired. I've just got in from Taipei. I've literally had no sleep in the last five days of my life. This week, we've got a big show coming up. Why is that, Jombo? The Ford Ironman World Champion Chrissy Wellington on the show. Nice. We had a really good talk for actually last week uh, for about 45 minutes, and we covered lots and lots of topics, and I uh, look forward to that. Mm. Also, coming up this week, it's going to be pretty much that's the main focus of the show. We've got a bit of news coming up. We also have what else? Are we, we're going to do Coach's Corner, but I pulled the plug on that. Vetoing. We've got Hot Topic of the Week. Uh, we've got what else? We've got here, Jumbo. Got the interviews, <laughs> questions and answers. And, oh, we have got an age group of the week. It's a bit of a sad one, to be honest. So mm. uh, we'll get into that pretty later on. But anyway, news for the week. Bit of racing happening. Well, the big news is 70.3 World Champs. 70.3 Champs in Florida. And it was a really good back up, backing up from the, the Kona guys with um, uh, Craig Alexander finishing fourth mm. and Sam McGlone finishing second in the girls. So that was that was pretty impressive. You know, yep. It was probably, what, about three, four weeks later, if that. Yep. So that was pretty solid, and Crowey was was right up there, you know, only a couple of minutes off the pace. So hats off to him. No, I'm not that surprised to see Andy Potts winning. To be honest, I mean he's a fantastic swimmer, good strong biker, and uh, he's shown in ITU races he's a really good runner. When he came out to the World Cup race here in uh, New Zealand the year before last, uh, he won the race here, swam and biked off the front, and then he put in a run split that was basically the same as Bevan Doherty and those guys, and he's shown on the ITU, he's not the fastest, but he's a really yeah. good, strong, So what would runner. a top guy go? Like, obviously, it's a fast course, but he did the fastest run, didn't he? He did. I mean, he ran through. He he, he, he was first out of the swim, obviously, um, lost a little bit of time. It was really good to see that it didn't become just one bunch. It was obviously a bunch of guys that rode um, 204. But Galindez and um, Bjorn Anderson obviously rode off the front, and Terenzo was off the front as well. Um, so it's really good to see a little bit of separation. I didn't watch the race live, um, but good to see guys sort of giving it a nudge on a flat course and getting away. And Bjorn, exciting race. Bjorn went one fifty nine on In the, the bike. On, on the bike. Yeah, really? so that's pretty impressive. Um, wow, that is impressive, and, isn't it? It's forty five k's an hour. It is. It's fast for two hours. Yeah, so. yeah it's pretty impressive. So he obviously blew. He did, but he's he, all he needed to do was run like a 120, like Terenzo blew as well, and he ran a 120, but he still managed to hang on to, to ninth 10. place. So, mm. um, yeah, a bit of a shame. Bjorn can run a 120, is, I know that. Is this going to be the, it's the story of his career, isn't it? At it the is. end of the day. Well, earlier this year, he, he outran, what's his name, um, Chris Lee. Yeah. So I think this is his distance, um, and I'm not quite sure why he, why he blew on the run. But Really exciting race. Andy Potts basically ran Galindis down. He did, ran him down, and uh, they more or less had a sprint finish. There was four only seconds. four seconds in it. Wow. So Andy Potts first in 4.42. Oscar Galindis also in 4.42, four seconds back. Andrew Johns, again, not too much of a surprise, really good ITU performer, yep. 4.43. Uh, and then Craig Alexander in fourth. Come on, we're going to do... One, two, two three, four, three, four, happy days. Oh, Richie, Richie came in at fifth. fifth. He was, I think he was third last year, so. 
Yeah, good close racing. For, for the American listeners, I, I would like to know how much exposure Andy Potts gets through winning this. Mm, I tell you what, that helmet, those Rudy Project helmets, I don't know if you've seen the pictures, they look so stupid. Which ones are those? There's a Rudy Project aero helmet, and it's got these little Spock things that come down over the ears and kind of suck oh, around really? your face. If you go into Triathlete Mag... Com. I think they may have a picture of him there. Hey, mate. Um, it's not about how you look. It's about how fast you go. If you God, win this race. But I, I reckon... Chris, um, you're worried about fashion here. <laughs> I know. I'm not usually. <laughs> he just looks so stupid. Yeah. But anyway, um, if, if I was a betting man, I'd put money on Andy Potts getting a medal at the Olympics next year. He's still going to make the team um, because he missed out in the first qualifying race for the, the American guys. That's a big call, Jumbo. But I wouldn't be surprised if I'm getting a medal. But you'd put money on it? I would put money on it. Are you a betting man? I, I am... Known to have a little flutter here. It's a big there. race day in Christchurch today. Did you ever get a bit no, of? No, I didn't oh, actually today. There we go. There we go. Okay, then on the field side of things, Miranda Carfrey again. Not too much of a surprise there. She's been a really good performer. Won a number of seventy point threes this year and, and placed well. And I, th- I thought I read somewhere that um, the four hundred seven twenty five was a new world record. Wow. Um, but I thought, um, what's her name? Badman did a. Yeah, did she get closer time. to four? Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's a course record for this race. Yeah. Uh, she took it out in 4.07. Wasn't the strongest field? Oh, it wasn't bad. Really? It wasn't bad, yeah. Oh, okay. No, Sam McGlone in second. Leander Cave in third. She's a world long course champion for the ITU distance. Julie Dibbins just hammered them all on the swim and the bike um, and then blew in the run but still managed to hang on for fourth. Oh, no, then, okay, uh, yeah, I'm wrong. Catriona Morrison. They didn't do that well. Some of the big guns, but did they? Yeah. Like, they blew up. So, um... Kate Major, she backed up pretty well. She finished, what, fourth or fifth in uh, in Kona. Um, so, yeah, pretty good racing there. Very exciting. We also had the Silverman, which is, wasn't really a lot of kind of pros in the race. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if there was any money there because, yeah, we, when we pull up the pro men result, there's only three guys there. Um, and realistically, it, it's, it's obviously a slow race. It's a very tough race. Yeah. So the, the big man... Oh, Pete Van Brusick. The big man took it. He took it out from in front of Benjamin. How do you say that one? Schlegel. Schlecken. So 9.48. And we've got to remember that Petra Vabrusik has gone, I think, as fast as 8.18 or something like that in rote. So that gives And he's a consistent kind of 8.30, 8.40, kind of guy, isn't he? On so, a standard sort of course. Yeah, so yeah. it's a pretty slow race. Uh, he looks like he well, he, he ran pretty slow, ran a 3.16, which isn't fast for him, but Bike only, only ran well. a 5.30. So, yep. um, and a slow swim as well. So Petra Vabrusik, maybe he didn't have the gloves on. Um, yep. Petra Vabrusik took it out. It up. <laughs> Then we so there was no, we couldn't find any females, by the way. No females. And uh, McCormick took out Scott. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I thought it would be a bit closer. If you're a betting man, would you have put money on that? I wouldn't. Have, I would have put money on McCormick, <laughs> but I would have put money on Dave Scott, maybe going a bit quicker. Yep. Kept up with them with them in the swim, um, but we don't have any bike splits or run splits for for Macca, But he did a four twenty two. Dave Scott was four fifty two, and uh, I think there was a couple of age groupers that, that placed in front of him. I wonder, um, if, I wonder if Macca smacked it. Well, 4.22, given that it's a, f- yeah. a slow course, and if Dave Scott only went 4.52, yeah. I'm kind of thinking he, did, he wasn't mucking around. Um, I don't, have you ever seen, oh yeah, you would have seen Mecca race, like when I was in Rote, the guy just beats himself up, doesn't he? Yeah, and you've, you've got to remember <laughs> as well, he's probably been doing bugger all yeah. three weeks, yeah. um, and then to come back up and race I can't again. remember seeing him at the end of Rote, because he's coming back in my direction, and I'm going the other way. You know, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm working pretty good, pretty tough. He just... <laughs> It's just yeah. pain, and it just the guy just lives on the edge. Yeah. Oh, sensational stuff. If you're not li- if you live not live, what is it? If you're not, if you're not living on the edge, edge you're taking up too much space. space. Oh, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. I guess that's pretty much it for race results. What about other news, John? But let's have a look. I'll put it's this not up for a you. lot happening really in terms well, of. Is that news? 
in terms of iron distance racing, uh, next oh. up is really going to be Western Australia. Western Australia in a couple of weeks' yeah. time. Good fast and race. That's more or less it for the season. We've got oh, the other thing I saw today is Decaman is on at the moment. I haven't been able to find the website, uh. but Decaman in Mexico is currently underway. Uh, if you go to Triathlete Mag, there's a few updates on there, but there's no website that I could find. So okay. uh, that's sort of the next next up. Ironman seventy point three races continue to expand through China. I had to say this one. Boise. Boise and Rhode Island. So it's getting bigger and bigger, isn't it? It is getting bigger. And I think maybe one of the questions we need to ask is whether races that aren't 70.3 are still going to be able to survive and do well. Because we know that there's a lot of iron distance races out there that aren't getting the numbers. Yeah. All the Ironman races are filling up. And is the same thing going to happen to, to half Ironman races? I kind of think perhaps not. But it will be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it depends on the, the appeal of the race. Like, if you put in a 70.3 in New Zealand, like, what's our big race here? It's Tauranga. Tauranga, really, isn't it? So if you put on a 70.3, would that detract people from Tauranga? Like, would the, is the name enough? I don't know. I think it would it would help, but I, I don't know. I think, like, the whole appeal with an Ironman is it's a really well-organised race and you've got that chance to maybe go to Kona. And, and an Ironman does have that kind of legacy, or you know, behind it, that legend mm. behind it, whereas 70.3's... You know, it's there, but it's not. Doesn't have that same kind stupid of prestige. Name as well, it's in miles. Mm. Stupid. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, Seventy point three is released to zero point three, and it's been or well, it's been released for a while, but it's been approved by Thena. A blue seventy. You said seventy point three. Oh, did I? It's blue, the numbers. It's the, the numbers, numbers are throwing me. It's the seventy numbers. <laughs> I always struggle with maths. Dude, I tell you, no maths was my strong subject. I struggle with everything else. So yeah, blue seventy is point point uh, zero three, which I've got one of, but I haven't actually had a chance to wear it yet. Has been approved by. Does Fina. it look cool? It does look cool. Really? Makes you look like a bit of a porn star. You know, really? Because yeah. oh, wetsuits are there as well, don't they? Exactly. Oh, I love putting the wetsuit on. But um, I wear it's it all been the time. Approved, been Just approved by Fina, and I guess that means that. Swimmers can all wear them when they go racing oh, in the pool. Oh, really? And if that happens, that's that, they, those guys, are, they're struggling to keep up with demand as it is because it's such a good product. And the guys, you know, everybody was wearing them in Kona. So why why is it such a good product? You know, we've well, really talked about this. It's just quicker. It's just it's a wetsuit material. It increases your buoyancy. Well, it reduces the drag, increases your buoyancy in the water, so there's less um, yep. less and drag. Yep, up and higher in the water and so it's just it's quicker it's just like wearing a wetsuit but a really thin very thin version of it and you see all the guys wearing the big full length body things in the pool and I guess this is another uh, sort of extension of that so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that because uh, I would it'd be fair to say you're going to see pretty much every swimmer in it if, wow. uh, if that's the case so, but, uh, I don't know in the pool it's not necessary, is it? Yeah, is that cheating? Is it like... Well, I think it because is. Because it's... Oh, I mean, like, the, the But pop- then on a bike... Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I think it's it's creating an extra expense that everybody's going to need to get. Um, and I, But so, look, if we're going with records, if we're going against records of the sport, mm. you know, you've got spits, or I don't know what the records exactly. are nowadays, but, the, you know, like it's... The guys who in the past who haven't used that... Yeah. And if you're... You, let's say you beat the world record by one hundredth of a second... Yep. You know, and the suit is added, you know, like, I don't know. I, I think it make a big difference. So, mm. yeah. Maybe that's another discussion of the week. Maybe it is. Should you be allowed to wear them? Put it in the book. Mm. Anyway, that's pretty much the news for this week. Oh, no. Um, One other bit of news. Rote. Very sad news. Yeah, very sad news. The founder of uh, Challenge Rote passed away this week, Felix's dad. Um, here it is. Oh, wait a second. I'll find it for you here. So uh, past, he's been battling with sickness for a number of years now, but, you know, Rote, in Hawaii, are really are the two. You know, I mean, outside of Hawaii, is probably the next biggest race and the next race with the the most prestige. So. And you know what? I've done both, and I think Rote's the better race. Exactly. Mm, yeah, totally. I'll, I'll be getting yeah, my yeah. views on by that. By a country mile. So really sad news. It sounds like um, 
Herbert was on, you know, was on thin ice for for quite a while and yeah. um, sort of so lost the battle. Yeah, so that support goes out to them and they've been really great to us, haven't they? Yeah. yeah so and uh, you can go onto challengerote.com uh, and you can there's a little bit of a tribute there and you can find out a bit more um, yeah. about that. But the nice thing is the race is uh, it's a really well run family race exactly. and uh, it's, it's the race is still in great hands. Okay, so anyway, our blog this week was. Uh, why do you do this crazy sport called Ironman? Because I was listening to this podcast and the guys who never did anything and they said, why would anybody do a stupid sport like Ironman? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Open that can of worms. Open the can of worms. Come spewing out. And I've done my peas. Done your peas. So are you going to start or am I going to start? I'll start. Where you go. Uh, so we first up, we've always got to give the first person who posts the blog on the blog a bit of attention. So Fegan was oh, first Oh really? Up. Is that the rule, is it? That's the rule. Okay. Rules. First up, um, you get the most attention. I was thinking about this before and I decided that as part of um, part of a corporate race, I'm part of the cog um, and told where to go and what to do. At the end of the year, I'm appraised and giving a, given a score. If I'm lucky... I'll be given a few more crumbs to spend on lacid lycra and carbon. Nice. With Ironman, I've chosen a sport that um, that when looked at on paper is impossible, beyond the norm, and only by taking control of the hours left in my day that isn't eaten up with work can I accomplish this task. There's no one else in control, no one else to blame if things don't work out. The grade I get is determined on the training, the commitment throughout the year, and the execution of this training on race day. So for me, Ironman is about taking control back, setting a goal, that in the corporate world should be seen beyond my abilities and working slowly towards that goal and achieving it. Nice, very good. You do give him a lot of attention. I did. Very good. G-Sport, he's saying he's basically trying to control his beer belly. Uh, his wife's been pregnant three times, so it's magic he needs to escape from the house and the screaming children. I'm thinking she doesn't listen to the show. It's a bit of a theme there. Some people do, are trying to escape the house a little my, bit. My, yeah, there is a bit of a theme on that one. Yeah. My, my work has become more stressful uh, and it helped to escape the rigours of normal, mundane existence. Well, that's a really honest one. Where you go? JJ Pop, why do I, man? I think it is the challenge of doing something that most folks find impossible. Using his motivating, uh, uses motivation for staying fit, and lastly, the thrill of competing. Nice, Chris Rose, uh, the one we had the interview with. Chris, remember yep. Chris? Yep. Uh, I'm mean, about pushing yourself further than you think you can do, uh, and about people either thinking you're completely insane or completely amazing for th- trying in the first place. I'll never forget one chap. Who, I heard a bit, and I just kind of summarised it. He was just saying here, I met one chap who had done 30 Ironman races, and uh, telling what he to go through to do it, and he was just really inspired by that. Cool. Irene, she. Come on, Irene. Oh, I said Irene. Is it Irene or Eileen? Oh, whatever. We'll call her Irene tonight. And to do it. I can't Come on, to lose. Yeah. <laughs> when you're drunk, that song rocks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Irene got the inspiration when she was eight years old. She used to watch Kona on TV every year and used to tell her dad that she wanted to go and do what those guys on TV were doing. Nice. Kurt saying it provides a total body fitness that you can't get in other sports, which is true. It's a very good balance. Uh, I enjoy setting goals and working towards them. This sport lends itself well to that approach. I enjoy the competition. It's a perfect outlet for my obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm. I must follow a schedule. Very honest. I like it. Rob Barker from the UK. The top three reasons for doing Rob Barker. Iron that's Man. a great name. Rob Barker. That is a great name. Yeah. I like that name. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's a good name, Rob. <laughs> Uh, to test myself against what is what is possible until you push the boundaries, you're never going to know what you're capable of. Number two, Ironman gives me a focus outside the regular life of work, family, friends. Why settle for being average? Mm-hmm. And number three, to keep fit and fuel my competitive spirit. Nice. John O, because it's the big O. John O. John O. Initially, it was the ultimate challenge for me. And after Ironman UK 2007, I am addicted. 
There's a great feeling of inner well-being and knowledge that you are pushing yourself to your limits. Also, I like racing using my brains and tactics. Most other sports uh, distance events really just rely on effort of duration, which is kind of true. With I mean, you have to think and use your resources carefully. Cool. Nice. Chris Kay from the US. Um, I always gravitated to endurance sports growing up, so it was natural. And he's got a bit of a boring nine to five office job. So some days I think the amount of training, uh, or relative to work, he thinks the amount of training he does is directly proportional to how sedentary slash boring my job can be. <laughs> That's honest. Okay, Mel James is just saying, Rick Hoyt, Iron War, the Moss Crawl, PNF walks on the line. That's oh, why. Me be first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, good old Rolo, thirty-five. You know what? That, but that's actually quite true. Like I'm just thinking that. You know, for me, I remember seeing Rick Hoyt. This this would be ten years ago before I knew anything about Iron Man, and I saw the Kona coverage on ESPN, and I remember thinking that was the most inspirational thing I'd ever seen on TV. Really? Yeah, totally. And and then when I went there, and he was actually there the race, and I before the race, they were setting the boat up. Yeah. And some guy goes to me, and we think we're Iron Man, and, and it's so true. You know, like. That those events are what yeah. inspire a lot of people, aren't they? Right on. Uh, Rollo from Germany. When he saw the first Iron Man TV, uh, Iron Man Hawaii on TV, he thought those guys are not human. I admired all the finishes and their performance and their performances. Then in 1997, I watched Rote. I got. Um, Goosebumps all day long. Goose a, flesh. Goose flesh. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> not only because of the winner's performance, but everybody for trying to finish. But. It's getting too expensive and unfair with all the drafting. Oh, just checked it a little bit more in there, Rollo. Nice. Mm. Ed Hawkins, I was inspired to do my first Ironman because of Jane Tomlinson, the cancer sufferer who recently passed away. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Uh, a real inspiration, a modern-day hero. Now I do it because it's a way of life, pushing the boundaries, living life out of the comfort zone. A great quote explains it for me. In a sky full of people, someone to fly. What song's that from? Come on, John, come on. Come on. In a sky full of people, only someone to fly, because they're not crazy. That's um, old seal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, good for it, man. I'm proud of you. Oh, face of music. That's what we should have. Face of music. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm funny. Oh, there we go. Uh, Brian Dunn, why do I, man? For me and my mum. Uh, his mother had a bad skiing accident um, earlier on, and she went on to do Iron to Iron Man, and then she set some records uh, in Kona. So and we've actually field. mentioned no. Brian before in the past about his mother. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. Um, Kat, uh, this is great. I'm hyperactive. I'm a hyperactive, overachieving control freak. What better sport than Iron Man could there be? Iron Man is about achieving the impossible and pushing the boundaries. That's what I like about it. And it makes my legs look good. Cat, your legs are hot. Yeah. Can't wait to see the next time I'm up north. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Not like that. Right, Uh, Hayden, like your post, Hayden, because it was there. Great. Chrissy, so it's my A personality. Being an only child also means team sports are not for me. Nice. Did she even put that up there twice? Cause she yeah, I saw that. Post. Was it? Yeah, great. Uh, chance, why? To see if I could. Not knowing how much I enjoyed the whole process, now my goal is to try to fit in another Ironman with my family's, uh, fit it in with around my family's life. It's the real hard part. It will happen again, just not sure when. Good old T-Rex passes the times, gets to see some scenery, keeps the weight off. It's certainly not for racing at the speed I go. Nice and honest. Cliff gives me a legitimate reason to wear spandex and shave my legs. Nice, Daniel. Shit, we've got to fly through these. Uh, why does he love the sport? General enjoys himself, the nature around him. It never bores him. The training is complex and full of new challenges. It's a big goal enough to get me out of the door eight months in advance for a race. Yeah, that's true. And you've got to love the twilight in the morning on T1 and the nervous people lining up before the porta potties. Very nice. Calm, 35, from Canada. 
Um, I love the sport and I love to compete. I started triathlon because it was finally a sport that suited me athletically. I really wanted to play basketball growing up, but I was just so terrible no matter how hard I worked. In triathlon, the harder I worked, the faster I went. Nice. And lastly, we've got Andreas, and he's saying that while the fitness challenge is great, deep down, it's extremely satisfying to know you're a part of a very small and select group of individuals. So, Jonbo, why, why did you, you, why do you go there? <laughs> I asked first. I no, you didn't. I got in there first. Okay, what attracted me to it? I am someone who is always trying to get better in life, I think, and uh, and uh, the reason I got into it, actually, there's a guy who, I did a marathon, and I wasn't that challenged by it. That was my first marathon I did, mm-hmm. and, and I wasn't that challenged by it, and I just always look for the next challenge. And I uh, did Iron Man, it was the first thing I ever did that I thought, holy shit, this is big and better than I've ever felt. And so, and why did I keep it up? I just, I suppose I wanted to keep achieving. Ego come into it? I think what you get is you get that place where you have that sense of belief in yourself. You know, when, you know, when you're in that mad training zone, when you get up and, you know, you look at what I do, what we do, <coughs> excuse me, and you look back and you think, that's just animal, that's just stupid. But when you're in that place, I love that level of focus, you know, like, you get up and you do a two hour run and like for me I I remember one day I did a two and a half hour run and I taught three classes at the gym and an hour swim and it's just like I know I love that I love that place so I think I like that level of focusedness that it brings me it's changed for a, bit, a bit for me over the years because I started so much younger and the whole re, the whole Ironman thing for me finishing was never really a massive challenge because yep. I knew, always knew I was going to finish yep. it's just going to be how quickly I finish so mm. kind of changed because I think when I first started it was when I was at school and a lot of it was to do with ego and I was good at it yep. and so you keep doing it and I mean I've, I really enjoyed it but yeah. that, that was part of it and then I think it sort of moved into then moving into really the competitive stage and then opportunities started coming up going overseas and I think probably one of the main appeals for me like other people have said is the you know, if you train well and you learn how to race properly, you can do, you know, proportionally you keep improving, whereas other sports you sometimes don't. And one of the big buzzes for me was beating people who I knew were significantly more talented than me yep. um, and being able to out-train them and out-think them on the course. So that was a was a big appeal for, appeal for me. And now it's some kind of changed again. It's more of a lifestyle thing, and I still love racing and competing, but I just like being healthy and active. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it is an interesting one. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, so there's our deep thoughts. Nobody didn't get cuddled enough, and no, like I was that. disappointed in that. Yeah, we obviously got lots of cuddles as kids. Yeah, exactly. I did. My parents are good at cuddling. <laughs> I'm a good cuddling parent. You cuddle your boy. Actually, on their website, you're cuddling your boy. I am giving lots of cuddles. You got to cuddle your kids, mate. You got to let know you love them. It's important. Mm. Anyway, mm. that's our news and our blog. Big blog. This. Oh no, it's not. We're not finished. This week. <laughs> this week, cookbooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna veto my idea again this week? No, no. I couldn't be bothered. I was too tired. Okay. What did you come up? This week. Here we go. So this week, um, I was actually reading Triathlete magazine the other day, and I saw either a letter or an article. Oh no, I like this, this one actually. Yep. Um, and there was a bit of a debate going on uh, as to whether you should be allowed. Ah, oh, righto. Wait, right-o. Oh, come on. It's been like, oh, there's a bit of a debate on in terms of. Coming down the finishing chute, you often see people running down with their kids and their dogs and their families, and and then you know everybody else is trying to run down the finishing chute as well. So, should people allowed to be able to come down the finishing? This chute is a great family, discussion, isn't it? Or with, with anything else, or should it just be solely for the athletes coming down the finish line? Oh, I want to talk about it now. I'm so excited. Mm, no. uh, we'll just wait till next week. Exactly. Okay, I'll do my piece next week. So there is our news and our hot topic for this week.
So you may have noticed the music. Oh, what are we doing in the intro? I don't know. No, the gold medal goes to... The gold medal goes to... Chrissy, Chrissy Wellington. Wellington. And Chrissy Wellington, the legend that she is, now on our show. World champion. World champion. First crack. I mean, bloody cool to call yourself a world champion, eh? Would be. Hey, imagine that. Mm. How you going? What's maybe, your name? Like, world champion, Bevan James Oz. Podcast world championships. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk the socks off anyone. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, we do a bit of an intro now, so here's the interview with Chrissy. She's... Uh, Created a legend within. Yeah, you within know what? I'm, I'm going to say this right now. I was overly impressed with this woman. She she just had her head screwed on. Mm. She inspired me more as as a person than what she you know her achievements are great in itself. But you know, she's one of those people where you've met in life, and you know, I only really talked to her for half an hour. But you go away thinking, oh, I, you reflect on yourself. And mm. I, from this interview, I definitely had that. So uh, listen up. Here we go. Fast typer, mate. <laughs> There's nothing left of the keyboard. <laughs> well, I'm going away from it now. Can you type, John? I can type pretty good. Oh, yeah. yeah good. So we'll, we'll we'll get rolling in a second, but it's all pretty um pretty low key. And if there's if we ask any questions you don't want to answer, just um say and we'll just uh, cut that bit out of the show. And uh, yeah. Um, okay. First of all, just thanks for coming on. Eh? It's like yeah, it's really cool. cool. Yeah. Wicked. Right. So um, we'll just get rolling. Okay. Okay, so on the show today, we're very happy to have the 2007 yep. Ironman World Champion, Chrissy Wellington. Woo! Woo! Yay! <laughs> um, so you're stoked to have her on the show. Like a lot of the listeners, um, we don't know a huge amount about Chrissy, so we're obviously going to find out a bit today. She's and, a surprise uh, package, isn't exactly. she? Exactly. We'll talk yeah. a bit about, obviously, the Kona race and preparations for that, and obviously what now is in store. So um, thanks for coming on the show, Chrissy. Whereabouts in the world are you at the moment? Hi, and thanks for having me on. Um, I'm actually in the UK at the moment. I've been here for about 10 days, and tomorrow I'm flying flying to the US off to Clearwater. Oh, wow. Are you doing the Clearwater double, eh? Oh. I'm not going to be doing it. I was going to, um, but I haven't really trained that much uh, since Hawaii. I've been too busy rushing around like a mad thing, so I'm only half fit. But I'm going to go over there and support everyone else that that is doing it and have some fun on the other side of the fence for a change. Cool. Nice. So, like, like I said in the intro, we, we don't know a huge amount about you, and we understand you've probably been doing lots of interviews over the last few weeks since Kona, but, you know, what's your sort of background before, prior to Kona and sort of prior to getting into triathlon? Did you have much of an endurance sport background, or, or what was your sort of... Where, what, what area have you come from? Tell us your life story. <laughs> it's, um... It's really not that that normal a, a, a path that I've taken to get to where I am now, I guess. I've got a bit of a hodgepodge of, uh, of a kind of hotspot sporting background. I was a swimmer at a very young age, but was never incredibly good. And I went to university and kind of gave up the swimming for the more social side. Then I went traveling for two years. I was in Africa and, and actually came to New Zealand for three months. And I did a lot of, you know, outdoor activities, but no no training, as it were. Then I came back and I did my MA in the UK. So that was in, in early, in 2000. And I started running. I'd gained a bit of weight while I was traveling and started running and found that I really enjoyed it, decided to enter the London Marathon. I did the London Marathon in 2000 and 
two. And that went really well for someone that, you know, had only really just taken up running the year before. What did you Then run? I started 308. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then I just started running more seriously. I trained with a club. And then I started swimming again. And by 2004, I just, you know, decided to do a few triathlons. So I did a couple in the UK, which which went okay, nothing spectacular, but I was wearing a kind of a surf wetsuit and <laughs> toe clip pedals. So I, um, I'm not surprised that you know I wasn't wasn't leading the packs, but they went okay. And then I took a sabbatical from my job. I was working for the government on international development policy, and took a sabbatical. Went to live and work in Nepal in Kathmandu for over a year wow. and then it was then really that I developed a love for biking and I biked every single day mountain biked every single day and in in the hills around Kathmandu and we did some fun stuff we toured over the Himalayas from Lhasa to Kathmandu um, which was obviously at, at altitude and I think that gave me a lot of mental and physical strength then I got back last year qualified for the world championships the world age groups and trained really really hard throughout 2005 for those uh, sorry 2006 for those and then i managed to win that which was a total surprise and then i then i had the decision about whether to go pro and i and i left my job in february this year nice so that's a a brief synopsis or not so brief (laughs) was was it a hard decision at the time or to go pro? Yeah. yeah, it was it was it's always a big risk. I mean the question is can I make a living out of this sport? And I went to see um my now coach Brett Sutton in, in January. A friend put me in touch with him, he agreed to take a look at me and to basically give me his opinion about whether he thought I had what it took and and he said yes. So I think it was based on his judgment that I decided it was a risk worth taking. But yeah, of course, of course it is. But it it was a now or never. I, I was 30 and I knew that if I didn't make a go of it now, then, then I'd be getting too, too long in the tooth. So I, yeah, decided to go for it. I never want to look back and think, oh, what if I've done that? So even if I did it and, and I hadn't have succeeded then then it would have been worth it because at least then I would have had my answer. Yeah. We know what it's like. We're Bevan's 30 this year and I'm oh, 31. We know. Over the hill. Over. Oh, yeah, over the hill Game almost. Over. <laughs> Game over. One of our listeners sent us through an email saying how you may have done the coast to coast. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, I've got some Kiwi friends to blame for that. Um, actually, my, my friend got married in Abel Tasman in oh, early early last year so i when i was coming back from nepal i flew via new zealand as you do and went to the wedding and this was in uh, in december 2005 and they said oh the coast to coast is happening in february you know you like biking and and running you should you should enter i said i can't kayak for toffee and they said oh come down to wanaka we'll teach you to kayak <laughs> and, uh, and and you can enter i said oh no so i i did a bit of cycle touring and ended up in in wanaka and yeah they taught me to kayak and <laughs> i did the coast to coast last year it was so much fun i absolutely loved every single minute of it it was great did you do the really t- great t- day or the longest day 
two day. Yeah, the two day. Oh, nice, nice. So no, it was it was great, and I'd love to do it again. Cool. Oh, that's, that's uh, one year. Sounds like a pretty. We could we could we we always get the question: What's harder, the Ironman or the coast to coast? And obviously, you need to do the longest day to to understand that one. But we'd love you we'd love you to come back and and see how you go, and then you can answer that question for yeah. us maybe in a couple of years' time. So obviously, <laughs> I hope so. I'd hope to come back. Yeah. Looking at looking at Kona, I mean, um, we know you had a fantastic race, sort of leading into that with um, with a great race in, in Korea. When, when you you rocked up at Kona, I mean, what was your sort of plan? Were you just sort of thinking, oh, I'm going to go at this and just give it a go and, and see what happens, or, or or did you think you were you know you were, you were, were racing for the win? What was sort of going through your mind and, and your race plan and stuff? Um. You know what, uh, Kona was never kind of the the end goal of, of the season, really. So I hadn't been building up to it. It was only when, about five weeks before Korea, when the boss said, do you want to do an Ironman? And I said, yeah, do you think I'm ready? And he said, yep. And I said, okay, I'll do it. That I went to went to Korea. So I only qualified six weeks before Kona. So I didn't think I had enough time to really build myself up mentally and emotionally for it i think i just saw it as another race because i'm so new to the sport i don't think i really appreciated just how big an event it is Mm, and so i don't so maybe that my naivety helped me in a way so i went there with I, i don't want to say no expectations because i always put a lot of pressure on myself to do the best that I can um, but I don't think I had too many expectations in terms of placing I because I, I think because I knew so little about the race so I I just wanted to go out there and race as hard as I could and I was hoping for a top 10 yeah. I mean that's that's what I was hoping for if I you know if I'd have come in the top 10 I would have been over the moon it's a little better than that then, wasn't it? It's just a little bit better yeah, than that. Yeah, I probably surpassed all of my wildest dreams by, by winning it. Around but nowhere. I think actually having done Korea stood me in good stead for, for Kona, just in terms of helping me to develop some kind of strategy, especially in, in the heat, and to have the confidence to know that I could win an Ironman as well. But especially, you know, coping with the heat, that was quite, that was really important. And I think my strategy at Kona went exactly as, exactly according to plan that front. Hey, so do you want to talk us through your race day? You know, the ups and downs, kind of your experience that you had. Um, I stuffed my face with tuna pasta the night before, nice. <laughs> which I always do before any race. Um, and then was up all night. There was a domestic next door, which is rather unfortunate. And there was bloody police sirens, excuse my language, going off um, all night. So that it wasn't the best night's sleep I've ever had. But yeah, I wasn't. Um, so I got up around four and then headed down, I think, around quarter to five. And I wasn't really that nervous, actually. Um, certainly no more nervous than I, than I am before any other, yeah. other race. Um, the swim went pretty average for me, probably about three minutes down on what I wanted. I guess I, I got caught in a pack, and once you're in a pack, it's very difficult to, to, to break that. It felt, it felt comfortable. I didn't really feel like I was ever overexerting myself. It was, I enjoyed the swim, but yeah, I don't think I, 
yeah. I pushed myself maybe as hard as I, I could or should have done, but then maybe it, it gave me something left for the bike and the run. And it took me about 30K to get going on the bike. I just didn't feel like I had too much of a rhythm. But I th once I, we were out on the Queen K and I think I could really find, you know, find my rhythm, I, I felt stronger and then, as as the race went on, yeah, I did feel a lot stronger. There was a headwind coming down. Um, we climbed the hill up to Harvey, and there was a headwind there, and I, I felt stronger going up that. So although we were going slow, I think I was going faster relative to the to the other girls. So I made a lot of ground up on that yeah. on that climb. And then I saw them at the turnaround. They were coming the other way, and I realised, oh boy, I you know I'm in with a shot of actually catching this you know the leading group of yep. the leading group of girls and and i did that just before we came back onto the onto the queen k um i had the decision whether or not to stick with them or go past them and before the race the boss had said to me you know don't defer to anyone and so i just had <laughs> kind of had his words ringing in my ears actually and i just thought well i'm i'm gonna go past because i feel that i I can go faster, and uh, and I felt comfortable. So yeah, I went past, and it, and then I um, during that time, did I, you um, you know, like you've got obviously some you know the best in the world there and really experienced athletes. Did you, although you felt great, did it create some doubt in your mind that maybe you are being a bit silly, being too keen? Um, yeah, but the the. the I did think to myself, Chrissy, what on earth are you doing? They're going at that speed for a reason. Yeah. You're going to blow. And then, I mean, part of me wanted to just know what it felt like to be in the, in the lead for at least a short period of time. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll try, and, try and get into the lead. And then, you know, if I can't hang on, I can't hang on. But at least I've, at least I've been in the lead for about five minutes. So, I, you know, once I'd... I got into the lead. I, I still felt comfortable, and I just, I just went at, at my own pace really, and was hoping that I did have my run legs in there. Um, in the, you know, once it got into transition, and and luckily when I went out to the run, I, I felt strong, and I, and I knew then that I, you know, I stood a chance of of winning. But you just really never know until the 30k mark on the run. Yeah. You know how the race is going to end because that's a critical point and the point when you know a lot of people blow and I knew after thirty k that I still felt felt strong and could finish strongly. So I think then I felt a lot more comfortable mentally that that maybe you know I had it in the bag. So, so do you, oh, okay. Yeah. And so at that stage, sort of, I guess going through thirty five k, something like that. I mean, what was sort of going through your mind in terms of uh, do, were you thinking about the finish at that stage, or did you just uh, were you still thinking about you know your technique, your rhythm, or were you just sort of was it all starting to go in a bit of a blur? No, the rhythm came the rhythm came pretty naturally. It wasn't hurting too much, so I I did feel quite comfortable. I wanted to enjoy every minute of it, as you might have seen in the, you know on the footage. Yeah. I. I was just so happy yeah. at that, especially at that point, and and really did want to enjoy it. And I, if my legs were hurting, I think they're kind of, 
euphoria of being in the lead maybe took some of the pain away anyway. And I just wanted to show my appreciation to the crowd and to, to have to have some fun. But I didn't obviously want to lose lose too much time doing that. So no, I did. I mean, I did try and keep the keep the same pace, but I didn't want to focus solely on getting any particular time, you know, and and not enjoy that. That's enjoy right. that moment. Yeah, totally. So we've had, um, heard some reports saying that you, you misjudged where the finish was. Is that true? That <laughs> <laughs> um, well, because I've never been there before, I wasn't 100% sure of, of the route. Yeah. And probably should have looked at the kind of course map. I just assumed that I'd be following people. <laughs> so I didn't, didn't really expect to have to, to know exactly where, where I was going. But I um, came down Polani and, and my friend was there and he handed me the, the Union Jack. So I grabbed it because I thought that we went down Polani and the finish was, you know, by the, by the hotel on the water. Yeah. And no, yeah, we turned left and and had to go down the road, isn't it? Another K, so it must have looked a bit bizarre for me to be clutching that flag and smiling like a mad woman so early on. But it was really that I um, that I thought we were closer to the finish than than we actually actually were. But then again, you know, I enjoyed it and I had the Union Jack and there might not have been another one on offer yeah, totally. further down the road. There weren't too many Brits there, so uh, mm-hmm. so at least I had my little flag to wave. <laughs> and and so what was what sort of happened? I mean, obviously, when you hear Chris McCormick sort of talking about when he won and you also hear Faris Al-Saltan saying when he won, they said they didn't even remember running down the finishing chute and, and so that last K was... Was that the same for you, or were you just, you know, handing out high fives all the way? I, I was, to be honest, I was actually lying on the beach in Rarotonga when all this happened, so I didn't Weak. see it myself. Um, <laughs> but what, what was sort of happening in that last K, and when you crossed the line? Oh, it was it was amazing. The the, the crowds were were really big, and the atmosphere was really electric. It is a little bit of a blur, but no, I was. I was high-fiving people all the time and and smiling and saying a few words to to the cameraman as I went down. Someone put a lay around my neck as well as I was as I was coming in. But and yeah, in the finish shoot itself, I was just playing the fool, um, which comes quite natural to me. So I was just enjoying it and um, yeah, no, I do I do remember it and I'm quite thankful for that because it's a really really special special time you know like you're quite new to the sport and as you're saying you're kind of going into the race you, you not that you didn't respect it that much but you kind of you know maybe you didn't understand the massiveness of it now that you've achieved what is a dream for pretty much every Ironman out there you know the biggest thing you can achieve in sport do you kind of realize how big it is <laughs> yeah I'm I'm realizing now, um, especially in in the last couple of weeks, it's it's beginning it's beginning to sunk to sink in. But to me, it it is just another race. I mean, it's obviously the biggest race because there's so many so many people there um, with you know, such a depth of experience and knowledge. But it is it is just another race. And the most important thing for me now is 
a to get my head down and and train again and and do what I can do next year, but also to do something with the position that I found myself in. Because I, yes, I am a, a sports person. I wouldn't necessarily say I was even a triathlete because I don't know that much about <laughs> about the sport, really, to tell you the truth. Um, but I'm a sports person, but I have other other interests and passions, and now I want to try and combine my inter- other interests and passions with the with with sport. So, so and and only then will I will I be really happy and feel like I've achieved so with what that, I want to. Do you see yourself being an Iron Woman for the next fifteen or ten years of your life? Is that something you really desire to be, or is no, no, I don't. Um, I. I want to do this as long as I'm as long as I'm competitive. Yeah. Um, but my passion has always been international development and poverty eradication, and that's what I've worked on. And now I have the opportunity to combine my two passions, which are sport and and development. So obviously, I want to continue to train and throw my heart and soul into training and racing at least for the next three or four years. But I also want to combine it with doing some some development work yeah, and really use my position to yeah. promote sport um, as a powerful tool for development, and that's what's important to me. And is, is that sort of part of the what's sort of happening with with Team BB? Yeah, that's what attracted me first to the team, and and still does. Um, it's about raising the profile of triathlon in Asia and supporting um, underprivileged people to achieve their goals. We're working very closely with the the Filipino national team now. They're over with us training. And just seeing that and seeing them develop is, is really quite amazing and it's giving them the chance to, to reach their goals and fulfill their potential. But we're also doing doing things at a local level with um, the, the children in the in the town nearby where we train. Um, you know, training the, the the swim coaches, helping the run coaches, and 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 buying them some um, materials for the for the pool and things like that. Some equipment for the pool and things like that. But yeah, that's really what I'm attracted me to the team and 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 still does some good races out in the philippines i've raced over there yeah i mean uh, i went over to the philippines this year did subic bay oh yeah yeah. um itu points race and that's really i I went out there a week early deliberately just so i could meet some people and, and see a bit of the philippines and you know i guess the relationships that i established then meant that we we could establish this kind of um, training squad with them, and and now they've they've come over to train with us. So no, that's that's really great, and I yeah, had a lot of fun in the Philippines. It's great, okay. great place. And so just a bit on in terms of the training, we, we've um, we've talked to Bella and we've talked to a couple of other people that are sort of involved with um, with Brett Sutton. I mean. What's a sort of typical week for for Chrissy when say you're building up for either um, either Korea or Kona? I mean, what sort of hours are you putting in? Number of sessions and things like that, or or, or is that classified information you're not allowed to release? <laughs> um, it's not classified information, but the more we say, 
um, or the more we don't say, the more rumours abound about exactly <laughs> what we're or what we're doing. So it's, we're damned if we tell people, we're damned if we don't. Um, I don't. I mean, I never clock the hours. Yeah. To be honest, and we're not encouraged to to clock hours. Um, the the weeks the weeks vary, and that's what I. I like about training with the squad and training with Brett is that there's no there's no typical week and no two people are the same. So what I might do in in the weeks preceding an Ironman is totally different to what Bella will do. Mm. Even though we're both iron women, mm. um, we're doing different things. And that's because each individual needs a different training program. And and it really is true. And, and that's exactly how Brett approaches it. So when people make these generalizations about Brett, you know, overtraining people or Brett doing this and Brett doing that, it, it really does make me laugh because we're all so different and, and we all have our own individual programs. Um, we, we train, you know, six or seven days a week, mm -hmm. um, two or three sessions a day. Um, but I guess the most important thing is the way in which the sessions, aerobic and anaerobic sessions, are put are put together. Um, and that's I don't know. That's his. Um, I guess I don't know. Special his magic formula. Talent is to put those together in such a way that that we have um, we optimize our rest and optimize our performance in each of those sessions. So you're a bit of a geek when it comes to numbers, you know, do you have your power meter and your heart rate monitor and, you know, how religious are you if you are using those tools? No, I think, I mean, Brett's not a fan of, of science, as he calls it, and I think I've <laughs> adopted his, you know, his kind of outlook on that, largely because I'm, I'm not too good with technology either. I can't even operate a digital digital camera very well so i mean <laughs> that kind of worked for me I've, I've never owned a heart rate monitor so i, I i've never worn one yeah. and he doesn't encourage me to yeah. and i wouldn't even know where to put a meter. <laughs> so i've never had one of those either you know it's really to me it's not important it works for some people yeah for sure i don't need those numbers to know when i'm working hard and when i'm I'm not working hard. Yep. So I guess I just go on, on on perceived effort, and Brett doesn't encourage me to to use that. And so, when you went to your first um, Ironman race, career uh, career was your first Ironman, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what was it purely? You were just going out there, perceived effort, and uh, and, and that was it. Or did you set yourself any speeds or anything like that you were trying to hold? How how did you sort of uh, pace strategy, your way through yeah. the day? Um. But I had done I'd done the Alpe d'Huez long course, which although isn't um, the same length as an Ironman, in many ways the intensity is still there because the altitude and and the amount of climbing is is pretty equivalent yeah. <laughs> to an Ironman. Yeah. Um, so I'd had that kind of experience beforehand. I we train to to race pace. Yeah. You know, we'll do some sessions that are. A below race pace. Some people, some sessions are above, but we will train to know what our our race pace is. Mm. So I, I think I just have this feeling about what 
is the right pace? What is the pace that I can comfortably sustain? And I know that through through my through my training, and we train so that, that our race pace is, is you know gets gets faster. But I, I mean, on the run, I I know more about um, about what my you know what my pacing mm. should be and what I can comfortably hold. But in career, I think a lot of that actually went out the window. We were all slower than than we would have expected just because just because so, of the heat and the yeah. and the humidity. So my run was a lot slower than I would a race pace I guess would ordinarily be, but but that is purely because of because of the conditions and you have to adapt yeah. to that. Yeah. Hey um you're um you've you've obviously become like an overnight celebrity <laughs> in, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in, in our world, world, you know, world. like you know a geeky little triathlon world. Has it been hard to adapt to? Yeah, it has. Um, um, because I'm not used to having my photo taken and being being stopped on the street. <laughs> um, but the strange thing is is what you read about yourself um, yeah. in you know on these various forums and 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 in articles and. I'm trying. I'm actually trying not to. Some people are telling me what what's what's being said, and then it makes me laugh because there's too many untruths out there. Um, that's that's kind of strange, but yeah, no. I think just because I still feel like the same person, but everyone is treating me as though I'm some kind of of legend or hero when I really feel that I'm just the same as I always always was maybe a little bit faster <laughs> but you know I, I haven't changed a bit and I'm still going to do what I love and I've only achieved a small proportion of what I actually want to achieve um, yeah. in terms of my goals in life so take a bit of the joy out of it? what's that does it take a bit of the joy out of it you know like all the kind of crap that comes with it Oh no! You can't look at it like that. You gotta, you've got to soak it up and 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 enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, it's part and parcel. And you know, for these, you know, for a lot of people, they need inspirational idols and people to 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 look up to. And I'm more than happy to be that person for someone if I can inspire one young person or or indeed you know someone of any age to 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 do triathlon or to take up sport then then that would be absolutely amazing so no i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna revel in it as long as it doesn't interrupt my training and and my job which is to go out there and race my butt off and and to hopefully win some ironman next year (laughs) but no i'm i'm gonna gonna enjoy it while it while it lasts because i think that you can really have a positive influence on on the world around you if you do so i mean what you're probably going to find and and bevan and i probably class ourselves as about z uh, Z grade celebrities in the triathlon. <laughs> we're, we're, we're massive. We're big in, we're big in Asia. <laughs> what you're going to find is, you know, you're going to get people that either love you or hate you. And uh, and we've even got a little bit of uh, bit of a, a rack up the other day on one of our blog things yeah. by somebody telling me was uh, ig- ignorant and ignoramus. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but anyway, what, it's all lies. It's all lies. <laughs> <laughs> 
but, but, but this week, one of our topics of discussion was, um, you know, obviously I'm sure you've, you've heard about some people saying, oh, Chrissy was celebrating too early coming into the finish line. She's got no respect for that race. What's she doing that for? I mean, um, we know you might have thought the finish was a little bit earlier, but has that been, been difficult to deal with? And, and what's your sort of response to people saying, oh, she was celebrating too early. It's, it's not the right thing to be done. She's got to pull her head in. My fingers after them. Good I just, yeah, I, I'll do it too. Right there. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was leading that race, and I started celebrating when I knew that I kind of had it in the bag. But I guess if they see me smiling and maybe waving my hands, then, and they're offended by that, then I'm sorry. But this. <laughs> I mean, I was going to enjoy every single minute of it. And it shouldn't always be that serious. It's, it's sport. And it's important. Yeah, it's, it's a, it, I make a living out of it. But it's, at the end of the day, I also want it to be fun. You know, and I want to perceive, I want people to look at me and think she was really enjoying that. She loves her sport. She loves what she does and that's you know and I want to go out there and do and do it and and that's that's important not you know following some kind of stupid protocol that says you have to have uh, a sour face until you get within 50 meters of the finish line so no I make no apologies for enjoying every single minute of that race and if they'd seen me on the bike they would have seen that I was smiling then too even when I was in 10th place <laughs> That's the attitude we like. That's right. You're a legend. Hey, um, so, so obviously winning uh, Ironman Hawaii gives you a lot of exposure. Have you noticed, you know, the doors opening when it comes to sponsors? Um, yeah, they're going to open much more than they were before because there weren't any. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I um, I got some freebies from from Blue Seventy and from Powerbar before, yep. so I'm incredibly grateful for that. And and the team is sponsored by Cervelo, um, so obviously I I'm very grateful to Cervelo. Um, but yeah, there have been a lot more opportunities uh, since since Hawaii for me to to get sponsorship. I have a I have a manager and I'm working closely with him to to work out what's the best deal and what's not because I don't really have a lot of you know experience in it but we're chatting to some to some people but definitely the the doors are the doors have opened a lot wider than than they had before Did you wear one which of is the, good um, the point zero three blue seventy suits in Kona. Excuse me? Did you wear one of the point zero three um blue seventy speed suits when you're in Kona? Oh I did indeed. Pretty nice. <laughs> Pardon? It was pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, really yeah, I really liked it. I got one the other day. We haven't you haven't shared it with me. I haven't sh- I'm not sharing my toys with you. <laughs> you can have my one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. I'm, I'm to be good. Yeah, oh, I am not. I'm buff. <laughs> um, okay. And, and what's your sort of um, your plan for? Obviously, you're heading over to Clearwater. Have you got any other races you're going to do this year? And what's your sort of plan for next year? Um. I'm yeah. I'm heading over to Clearwater. Then I'm going to go back to Thailand for three weeks, um, just to try and get 
um, back into fitness. I might do Laguna Phuket just as a little fun end of season blowout. I've got to tell you, I've got a story. I had a good race at Phuket. Is that when you took out Peter Reid? That's when I took Peter Reid down. He took out Peter Reid. He still remembers. Yes. (laughs) We had Peter Reid on the show, and Peter Reid. I don't think he actually really believed it, but John made, yeah. Yeah, yeah. took him down. Yeah. But anyway, that, you're doing that, that's a fact. Have you done the race before? John, the interview's about Chrissy. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Have you done the race before? I'm doing that. I'm trying not, not to take too many people out. And then I'll have a good party, I think, on the beach at, good times. at the end. That's, that's really what I'm, what I'm going for. Then early next year, I'm going to come down to Australia or, or New Zealand to train. Um, then I need to look at which which Ironmans to do, and, and we still haven't haven't decided. We're speaking to the race directors, and I've got to chat with with Brett in more detail about exactly when and where. Um, obviously, I'd love to do Ironman New Zealand, so we're we're chatting with them about me possibly coming coming down to to Taupo. But um, you know, everything's going to be geared towards. Kona next year. So, um, you know, obviously so, this year you go in, you're an unknown, you know, no one even really looked at you, you know, realistically, but you know, how do you think you're going to be able to handle, you know, now there's huge expectation and pressure put on you, how do you think you're going to handle that? Um, yeah, it's going to be very, it's going to be very different. I need to be, um, in the right frame, you know, right frame of mind going in. But you have to see it all as as an opportunity. And obviously, I'm going to have more obligations than I than I did before. Yep. So I'll just try and make whatever appearances I have to make before the race short, but but fun, yep. and try and keep as low a profile as as people will let me because I I like to to keep myself away from all the hype before you know before the race and obviously that won't be as possible next year but I, I can still try to do that as much as I much as I possibly much as I possibly can but no it will be very it will be very different and there I'm going to have have obligations um, beforehand but we'll try and keep those to the minimum and keep it a bit more manageable just, just lastly have you got lots of exposure in the UK um, not a not a lot. The sport, I mean, Ironman is, just isn't as big here. People aren't even aware of of what it involves. Yeah. So no, the exposure hasn't been actually as big as it probably is for Macca in in Australia or yeah. or as it has been in in America for me actually. But I mean, it's it's increasing, and we're working on that. There's some awards dinners and things that are, that are happening happening in December and hopefully that will that will raise the profile a little bit of of, of Iron Man and I think it's a, it's a slow process it's not going to happen yeah. overnight but you know if we have some more successes at, at Iron Man and other 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 distances and triathlon then people will start to stand up and, and take take notice mm. but no I wish it was 
Uh, it was as big as it is in New Zealand, Australia, and, and America for sure. Yeah, yeah, you would be. You'd be. Yeah, you'd be. You just got to get the footballers to go on strike, and then they'll. Yeah. Be, they need to find yeah. to cover and get their money for a week. Always <laughs> <laughs> <I wish> I good. <laughs> hey, so um, thanks, thanks for spending uh, so much time with us today. And yeah, we certainly appreciate it. And so just you sound like a really great advocate for the sport, and you sound like you're in it for all the right reasons. And uh, yeah, it sounds great. Just need to talk to Bella about coming down training here in Christchurch, top spot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I will. I will. I'm going to catch up with her in a few weeks' time, so I'll definitely have a chat with her about that. But I know I love New Zealand. I was in Wanaka for a while, so it's got you know it's a very special place. Yeah, excellent. Oh well, we'll better let you get out the door and uh, do some training and. Yeah, yeah, no, I will. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, oh no, it was was our pleasure. And good luck for the rest of the year, and and good luck for everything. And we look forward to seeing how you go in the future. Cheers, boys. So there we go, Chrissy Wellington. Bit of a legend. Bit of a legend, mate. Mm. Bloody legend. It's going to be interesting to see how people react to her because she's not your traditional triathlete, is she? No, she's she not. Doesn't, no. She's not. And she doesn't try to make out that she's going to be, eh? And she's not all-encompassing. She's like, hey, this is what I do. It's cool. Yep. And um, got other things going on as well. Yep. And she's not into all her gear. And some people will be sitting there just horrified. But it goes to show what we do is, you know, she's obviously incredibly talented. Oh. But um, it goes to show, you know, you just keep things simple. Yeah, nice. Anyway, let's move on. Sponsors. Uh, but actually... No, oh, I, actually, I just, back it up. Back it up. I just wanted to mention, she, we did, obviously did this interview a week ago, and we we asked her about the coast-to-coast. Coast, and she did actually do the coast-to-coast coast over here in New Zealand, yeah. as she mentioned. And she actually got second in the two-day race. Yeah. And the only reason she got beaten was because she obviously hadn't done much kayaking training, but she smoked them all in all the other disciplines, and the the bikes and the yep. the run. But, um, yeah, kayaking wasn't quite up to it. But still got second when apparently she was doing basically no training. Turn up, cane it. Nice. Mm. So sponsors, who have we got this week? Jobo, who are we going to go first? Well, are you going to go down to where I've done a yeah, little bit at the yeah, bottom? Right, yeah, yeah that's very right. good. Yep. Good, good. Do you realise that one thing? Um, I'll tell you what, coffeesofhawaii.com. I was on there yesterday, checking yep. it out, and if you go onto their website, they've actually got some really good things. We were talking about this a while ago, gifts for Christmas. They've yep. got uh, these new little tins, so you can buy a tin of three different sorts of coffee, and you can go on there. Perfect idea for a Christmas gift. Perfect idea, honestly. And someone actually sent us through an email saying that they did it last year for Christmas. People were so happy they've come back this year. Exactly. Oh, and you want to plan it now, obviously, with shipping. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like putting mm-hmm. your Christmas cards out. So if you go on to Coffee's Away, they've also got some pictures up there of the boat um, when they're over in Back Cone. up, there's even better news. 20% off. That's still rolling. 20%, yep. I am talking when you go and check out 20%, 20% off. Couldn't make it for that. Cheap way of doing oh, your Christmas shopping. Sensational. Okay, so coffees of wife, all your coffee needs. Trybuys.com. For all your other stuff. Check them out in the Triathlete magazine. They've got a few uh, oh, pictures in there. They've got a few one pages in there looking good. Really? So they're going from strength to strength. What you want to do is when your mates come around, you know, because, you, you know, we want try gigs like we've all got the mags and stuff, and you go around and you pull out your mags, and they say, oh, I tried it. Oh, yeah, I've known it for months. Exactly. I've been using it for months, Before mate. Well, they even uh, opened on you the inside uh, where I'm at. I'm such a, I'm an early adapter, I am. <laughs> and they had a picture of um, the fellow, was it Andrew who won the bike wheels? Oh, they had a picture. They had a pic- well, they had a picture of his name, and he celebrating that he won the fact, won the, won oh, the, the, the triathlete mag. 
No, I didn't try. Oh, on, on the, the website. website. Oh. The other thing is, is I've talked to a couple of people, a couple of people I coach um, have bought shoes off there, guys that are actually living in New Zealand, and they're saying they're getting them around about 50 bucks cheaper once they've actually added in all the shipping and things like yep. that. So Good times. for you guys all around the world, it is worthwhile checking it out. Um, Especially because the US currency is really struggling. It's really struggling. And the New Zealand dollar is just caning it. It's yeah, but uh, the US currency, like Canada is more valuable now. Yeah. 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 So... Get on there, you can get some really good deals. They've got all the top gear, you know, got all the good wetsuits, they've got all the good running shoes. You can get bikes on there, get your goos and things like that. Good old goos. Got everything. And then lastly, good old favourite place to catch up for your mates. Athlinks.com. Athlinks.com. What's the news on that one, Jobby? What was I? I was on there doing something the other day. Back it up. Uh, what, what were you it? doing, Jobby? What, what was it? I was checking out my rivals. I've got, I've got the three rivals. I've got you. Yeah, you're beating uh, me, aren't you? Gold Glenn and you're David Craig. Craig. I think that's about. Oh no, how did Craig go going high? He had a good steady day. Did he? He, he battled a bit, but he had a good steady day. Yeah, yeah. Not good Craig David. David Craig. David Craig. Exactly. <laughs> um, yep. So athlete. So it's a good way to catch up for you mates. Again, one of the, the real big things to make this work is in a game. That's what it was. Oh, sorry. go on then, John. No, I was having a quick scan through the Hawaii results, and I was looking at our age group of the week last week. Who was yep. a guy from Denmark, Tom, yep. Tommy Nielsen. Yep. He's a member on Athlinks. So I was looking through, checking out all the different people that, that were members. It was great. And a, a number of our age groupers of the week are on there, which is great. Well, a number, number, number of you guys are on there. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, the, the main thing I absolutely love about Athlinks is the place where you can keep all your results stored in one place. Okay, I reckon our goal this week, this is a big goal, hmm. go on to Athlinks, someone write a story about us on the latest stories. Our goal is to get us back on the front page. Exactly. Because we were on the front page for ages, yeah, yeah. weren't we? Got to keep that going. Okay, so this week, go on there and just say, I am in talk. Do something quite controversial but makes us look good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone go on Athlinks and vote on the front page. Exactly. I'm going to. I can't write it because it's about me. Yeah. yeah. But maybe I'll write one about you. Great. John Newsom. Sets a new world record mark for a half marathon. There we go. Oh, you're running, I'm running half marathon. I'm running half marathon this week as well. <laughs> That's I'm funny. Sorry. I was looking at the entry form. There's an incentive prize of winning $100 if you break 66 minutes. Really? And I was like, 100 bucks. Four on pay, you can retire on that one. I don't think I'm quite get that incentive. <laughs> so, uh, sponsors are Coffees of Hawaii. Oh, you do that, but don't Coffees you? Coffees of Hawaii.com. For all your coffee needs, trybuys.com. For all your other stuff, everything. Mm. And athlinks.com for your social networking for all endurance athletes. Nice. Yeah, remember that? Good stuff. So, John, oh, also, if you want to email us, go to www.imantalk. Oh, no, it's just imantalk at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. John Coach's website? Coachjohnnewsome.com. I actually went to your other one, your old one. It's got, it tells it's got you the link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're really clever, aren't you? Yeah. Or did you pay someone? No, I did that. Yeah. I couldn't. Oh, no, another story. <laughs> and uh, anything else we need to add on here? Got some bike jerseys left over. Oh, totally. Yep. We had a couple of bike jerseys left over from the order we did. So if anybody wants to get those, first in, first serve. First in. We've got one extra large and we've got two mediums left. First in, first serve. They're out the door. Okay. So what have you been up to, Jumbo? What have you got on for the rest of the week? I've got a half marathon this weekend. Yeah. Could be interesting. Done a little test, see where I'm at. What do you think? What are you hoping for? Well, I'm not hoping for too much. Really? 115 plus or minus a minute. If okay. I go, I would be surprised if I go fast in 114. I'm not in that sort of shape, so okay. we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm doing a half marathon as well. Are you this weekend? Yeah, but I've been injured and I haven't been able to run. So yeah. you're yeah. doing the same one? No, I'm doing some teams thing in Molesworth. Right. Mm. But I got so anything else on for the rest of the week? Got my carpet laid. Oh, you got laid. Oh, I got laid. <laughs> it's all laid and it's looking good. I'm Are you down in a heavy my, place? I'm down in my new office. It's nice oh, and quiet. Good times. Big room. No kid. No kids. Got your, you got your wardrobe. 
got my wind trainer down there with me. <laughs> the joy of the kids starting to fade away oh, a bit, isn't it? Oh, no, he's good stuff. He's all good. <laughs> good times. Yeah. Well, I learned something else when I was in um, Taipei. Some new words. Yep, it is. Wait a second. Wormeo new ponyo. Good pronunciation. What does that mean? I'm single. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in Taipei. And this, uh, I think this girl liked me. And so, you, you, have you driven in those world? That's crazy world, eh? You don't drive over there. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, even if you're a passenger, you close your eyes. Because yeah. I think their rule is you basically look out for yourself. And <laughs> honestly, they just about kill each other every minute. So we're out for dinner and I was in the car. And this girl goes to me, oh, do you want me to take you back to your hotel? And I'm like, I don't, I don't play that game, so I wasn't going to go there. But, and I was like, oh... She goes, look, you can just jump on the back of my scooter. I was like, there's no way in the world I'm jumping on a scooter there. It's just absolute madness. Oh, so. so good. How many meals do you have on the No, I didn't. No, no, no. I slept. Didn't, didn't even attempt. Uh, I'm not that hungry nowadays. I need to start training some more to get some hunger back in my life. Exactly. But other than that, we're at Goss show day. You're not going to show? Not going to show. Okay. Well, let's no. talk to show. We're going on too long now, mate. How long is it? Let's have a look. Okay, yeah. See, this is... Oh, oh, that's right, I stuffed up. Bevan's going to be up till midnight fixing oh, no, the show. I need to sleep. Oh, poor me. Got the tempo button. I forgot to push the tempo button. That's okay, anyway, we're, 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 we're waffling. Good luck for your iron half. Thank you. Iron rusts. Iron men don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Kia kaha. Toilet. <laughs>